Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. G'day guys, welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. This is episode 135. The topic of today's podcast is joint centration to eliminate impingement. So joint centration, as the name kind of implies, if we break that term down, centration, uh, it involves the word center. So what we're looking at here is um, being able to centralize a joint to give it more space around the sides, okay? So if you've ever had front of shoulder pain or front of hip pain when exercising, this episode will help to give you a background and a deep understanding of A, why you get that pain and B, how to eliminate it. So I'm gonna be discussing joint impingement. So specifically the front of the shoulder and the front of the hip because these are two of the most common sites of joint impingement, okay? Now, I'm gonna break these down one at a time, so hopefully I will kind of go back and forth between these two joints, uh, between the hips and the shoulders. Um, But just a little bit of anatomy and biomechanics for you guys so you can understand why I'm specifically targeting those two joints, the shoulders and the hips. Uh, The shoulder and the hip are the exact same type of joint, so they are what is called a ball-in-socket joint, okay? So we have, I'll start with the shoulder, the shoulder you have your upper arm bone so people call it the funny bone and it's because its technical term is the humerus it's the humerus bone okay so we have the head of the humerus that comes up to the top of the shoulder and it has a ball at the top of it okay so it's like that narrow bone and then at the top it kind of it opens up into this ball shape that ball sits in a socket at the top of the shoulder and the exact same thing happens with your hip So your thigh bone, your femur, travels upwards and it goes into a socket. So you've got a ball and it sits inside of a socket. Okay, hopefully that you can kind of paint that picture of what that looks like. So you've got this kind of capsule, if you will, and the ball, which is the top of the bone, sitting inside of it. All right, so that's a little bit of anatomy. They're both the exact same type of joint, ball in socket. Now, when people experience impingement of the shoulders, it is typically when doing things like push-ups, shoulder presses, dips, and bench presses. So generally, we're pressing or pushing a weight away from the body. And what happens is people get this nagging or this sometimes a sharp pain at the front of the shoulder. So that's when I do a pre-exercise questionnaire with people who come in for coaching um, and consultation with me. I'll ask them about their health history and their injuries. And sometimes I will get a, oh yeah, actually I do get a bit of uh, shoulder pain when when benching or when doing push-ups. And immediately that sends me on this path of, okay, may, if there's not been a an incident per se, if it's, I only get pain when doing that pressing motion, that sends me a bit of a signal saying, okay, could be possibly impingement. Now, when we're talking about hip impingement, this irritable, nagging, frustrating pain right at the top of the hip crease here. Uh, Generally that occurs when doing things like squats, 
sometimes lunges, um, walking and also running. So you get this pinching sensation at the front of the hip joint, so right near the hip crease. So if you're standing up and you bend, this may even provoke a bit of pain if you've had hip impingement or do have hip impingement. If you stand up and just lift your knee to about 90 degrees, you may get this catching or this grabbing sensation at the front of the hip. That is hip impingement in action. Now, I do wanna preface this by saying, the information in this podcast is based upon my own personal experience dealing with these things. I've had both. I've had shoulder impingement. I've had hip impingement. Um, so I'm going to be using that as a as my kind of teaching points, if you will. Um, what I've seen from coaching uh, numerous clients and students over, oh, Jesus, uh, I don't know, even know how many years now, 10, 15 years, thereabouts, something along those lines. Um, and also what I understand about biomechanics and the human body. So I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to understanding, you know, which exercises do what, uh, which muscles produce which actions and those type of things. And it's for this reason. If you have an injury or if you have a dysfunction or if you have a, having a pain, uh, there are remedies to these things. And hip impingement is one of those as well. So I'm not a physiotherapist. I'm not a, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not an exercise physio physiologist and I don't pretend to be. Um, I'm a coach, I'm an athlete, so I understand my own body very well. And that's also why I like to dive down these rabbit holes of understanding, you know, causes, symptoms, and diagnosing things like hip impingement, because it's I find it quite interesting. Like from a personal standpoint, like if I get these things, I know how to fix them. But it also means that I can impart this knowledge and information onto, you know, yourself, the listener. And for the students that I work with in person, it's a, I find it to be a valuable skill set and an asset. So what I'm gonna give you is, uh, what I'll share is practical and applicable tips that you can try for yourself, or you can pass on to somebody that you know who might be dealing with this issue, all right? Now we've gotta understand the concept of impingement, all right? So some of the causes, and then once we understand some of those causes, we can, we can apply some remedies um, and solutions to fix it, okay? So first and foremost, Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What is impingement? Impingement generally entails and encompasses inflammation of the bursa, which is a fluid filled sac, irritation of bone against bone friction, and or a narrowing of space within the joint. So what I mean by that is you have the ball in socket at the shoulder and the ball in socket at the hip. If that hip bone starts traveling too far forwards, it's eventually going to run out of space. And that's where it's going to rub and scrape and irritate that capsule or basically just end up being bone on bone. All right, so that's what impingement is. You essentially run out of space, you rub against something that perhaps shouldn't get rubbed against and it provides this sensation or this feedback of pain or inflammation or that, um, yeah, that pinching sensation is probably the best way to describe it. And if we're talking about the shoulder, the head of the humerus rubs against the socket. So yeah, it's, it's basically got nowhere else to go. So the, the joint is no longer central. It's traveling forwards, forwards, and to a point that, okay, I have no more space and it's essentially bone on bone. And the same thing um, with the femur and the hip joint. All right? So where does that leave us? <laughs> 
it leaves us with what is called joint centration. Joint centration is where you activate specific muscle groups, uh, possibly adjust your body position, so that you can get the head of the sock, uh, the head of the um, the ball in the center of the socket. So you're providing it with more space, front, back, and sides, basically. So you're trying to get it dead center. So the goal is really to give the bones as much space as it needs all around of it. So it's not sitting too high, it's not sitting too low, it's not sitting too far forward or too far back, it's not too far to the left, it's not too far to the right. We're looking for dead center so that it has some breathing room around it in all directions. So that way it's not gonna run to the, the socket at the front. It's not gonna get jammed up into the acromion in the shoulder uh, or the acetabulum of the hip. You need to give it a bit of breathing room, some extra space where it can, okay? Now, while most people go straight for stretching, because everybody's some, for some reason, everybody seems to think stretching is the answer, stretching is the solution. Um, in certain situations, possibly, yes. Maybe you do need to desensitize a muscle and give it a bit of a, a lengthening, a bit of a stretch, if you will. Um, I don't always encourage stretching just because something hurts, pinches, or maybe even feels, air quotes, tight. Um, yeah, that's not always the thing that I would advise. And the reason for it is this. Strength is a positive. Okay, so if, if you've got muscles that are tight or perhaps overactive, all right, they're your strengths. You don't want to turn your strengths into weaknesses. All right, don't reduce them and don't try and get rid of the strengths, okay? The goal really should be to address what's not working properly, okay? The way you go about this and the best, the alternative I should say, is to assess and analyze why you might be getting the impingement in the first place, all right? And there are a few common causes of impingement, all right? A few common causes of impingement, whether it's at the shoulder or whether it's at the hip. Repetitive motions. So if you're a runner, if you go for a run three, four times a week and you're clocking up the case, you're doing the same action over and over and over again for you know 30 minutes, 60 minutes, hours upon end. That's a lot of repetitions up your sleeve. It could be due to poor maladaptive postures. So what I mean by that is maybe you are stuck behind a computer all day. And you sit down initially, you're nice and tall, you've got good posture, you've got a little bit of ab bracing, wicked. And then after five, 10 minutes, the shoulders start rounding, you're right-handed, so the right shoulder starts sitting forwards and internally rotates, and your body will eventually adapt that new position as normal. It could be due to having overactive muscle groups causing an imbalance. So if all you do is press, if all you do is pressing movements, bench press, chest press, push-ups, and you don't do any pulling, any rowing, any chin-ups, anything to work the muscles on the back, the front will be very strong and the back will be very weak. And it could also be, as I just mentioned, not exposing your body to the opposite action or function. So if you have impingement of the shoulder, front of shoulder pain or front of hip pain, don't always just go straight for stretching. Stretching isn't always the solution. Just because something tight doesn't mean it needs to be stretched. Strengthen what is weak. 
the way I like to look at this is to essentially put on my Sherlock Holmes costume and become a bit of a detective. So you've got your trench coat, you've got your little hat, you've got your little glasses on. But you have to start being a detective. You've got to start looking for clues and asking the right questions. And that, that's really the one of the points of this podcast is I don't want to tell you guys and girls you know, what to think, but I would rather teach you how to think so you can start to think critically for yourself and ask the right questions and then find the right solution. This is what I mean. Front of shoulder pain is the symptom, not the cause. Front of hip pain is the symptom, not the cause. So let's say you're getting front of hip pain. You're getting this tightening sensation, this pinching, this grabbing at the hip, uh, you know, around the hip flexor region. So whenever you lift your knee up, so maybe it's just a standing knee raise, or maybe it's when you squat down, you're still bending the hips. You think immediately, I've got tight hip flexors. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But you think my hip flexors are tight, therefore I will stretch my hip flexors. That's the assumption that you produce. I would like to go a little bit deeper. I would like to assess your posture. I would like to assess some of your strength, not just of the hip flexor muscles, but the muscles around it as well. So I'm not looking at the symptom necessarily. I don't wanna say, okay, this hurts, so that, that's the problem. No, 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 this hurts. Roger that, that's noted. I've written that down, cool. Why does it hurt? It may or not, may not have anything to do with the fucking hip flexor at all. It may just be that you've done something so many times or you've done something incorrectly to the point where that's feeling, pardon the pun, that's feeling the pinch, all right? So just going back to the shoulder very quickly. Um, if all you do is pressing motions, okay? Shoulder press, bench press, push-ups. If you're a guy, I know that was me when I was younger. I put my hand up and say, yep, that was me. All I did was train the mirror muscles because you can fucking see them. And you want big chest and you, you know, it's what you see. So you think that's the way forward. But if that's all you do, your pecs, your, your chest muscles, your shoulders, they are going to be very well developed. They're gonna be well developed and very strong. But what about the muscles on the rear? What about the muscles you can't see? What about your rear delts? What about your upper back? What about your middle and lower trapezius muscles? What about the rhomboids? Some of these muscles that aren't uh, superficial on the top layer, but are actually a deeper layer underneath. Are you giving them any attention? Are you providing them any stimulation, any activity, any exercises, any load, so that they can actually get worked to the same degree or around the ballpark of those pressing muscles. Does that make sense? And, and this is where all of my training programs, that they have to be well balanced. You know, if you've been a regular listener for a while, you understand that I use the big four movement patterns, push, pull, hinge, squat. If you've got a push, you've got a pull. If you've got a hinge, you've got a squat. You work the front, you work the back. You work the top, you work the bottom. You work the left, you work the right. This gives you a very comprehensive, really well-structured, three-dimensional training program. Think critically. Don't get so narrow-minded. Oh, I've got front of shoulder pain. I've got a shoulder problem. The shoulder's the issue. 
that's where you're getting the pain. Yes, okay, noted. Let's let's start getting, you know, the shovel and a little brush, become an archaeologist and figure out why is it so? Why are you getting that shoulder pain? Now let's look at the hips. If all you do is movements that bend your hips, creating what is called hip flexion, like squatting, deadlifting, running, lunging, what happens to the muscles on the back? What about your hamstrings? What about the biggest muscles in your entire body, the glutes? Are they getting any attention? Are they getting worked? And if they are getting worked, what's the percentage that they're getting worked versus the hip flexors? So again, I don't need you. I'm not talking about stretching. I'm not talking about doing you know a half kneeling lunge or a couch stretch or anything like that. I just want to know if you're doing 10Ks worth of running, this is just a hypothetical, but if you're doing 10Ks worth of running, that's a shitload of steps. That's a lot of hip flexion, knee lifting, knee lifting, knee bending, hip bending, hip bending. You have to have some kind of balance to that as well. Don't always just treat the symptom, treat the cause. So let's keep it simple. Let's keep this very simple, to the point, actionable items, things you can take away and put into play right now. Shoulders. If your shoulder is sitting forwards or high in the socket, there will be some rubbing. There will be some irritation and eventually inflammation. Okay? So your goal is to get the joint or the head of the humerus as central as possible. So it has space on all sides. It has a bit of space above it, in front of it, behind it, to the right and to the left. The same is true for your hips. The head of your femur, that thigh bone, if it's being pulled forwards by overused hip flexors and underperforming glutes, it's eventually going to run out of space. If you're a runner, if you're someone who squats, if you have what is called anterior pelvic tilt, your pelvis tips forwards, okay? These muscles on the front are going to be very short. The hip flexor muscles will be short. So is stretching a viable option? Yes and no. We don't just want to stretch what is tight. We also want to strengthen what is weak, as mentioned. But if the ball, if the top of that thigh bone or humerus runs out of space, it's going to rub on something, a ligament, a tendon, a nerve, a bone. So you want to try and give it as much space and freedom that it can possibly have. And again, it comes down to exercise selection, the exercises that you do. understand the concept of that ball in socket if it's got no more space to go it's going to irritate it's going to rub it's going to grind it's going to provide you with some kind of pinching rubbing or uncomfortable sensation okay and this is again you have to train your entire body in 3d upper body lower body left side right side when I was young and dumb, my training was very one-dimensional. 
as I said, I was I was that person, and I have experienced both of these things. Front of shoulder pain when pressing and doing dips, things like that. And I would just train through it because I just thought, oh, that was a natural part of the process. And you think, oh, okay, yeah, I'm doing a pressing action. Yeah, the front delts are being worked. But really all that's happening is you have poor body positioning. The joint isn't positioned in its most optimal place. If you're doing presses, and and it only happens when you're when you're doing presses, it's a problem. Sometimes it's a technique fault and it needs to be adjusted. Other times the weight's too heavy. Other times it's a strength deficit. So the muscles on the back are just so weak that they actually can't get the joint where it needs to be. So the goal here is to create as much muscular and postural balance as you can and that your goal requires. So there may be times where, okay, the scales do tip a little bit more towards pushing exercises or more towards hip flexion exercises. So maybe you do wanna do running, maybe you do play a sport and the fact is, all right, you just have a high volume of running. That's cool, like it is what it is. If that's what your goal requires, understand it, roger that, and okay, if, if my volume of hip flexion's going up and I know I get hip impingement, what am I going to do to combat it? I remember a couple years ago, I was working with a student, a guy, um, and he got hip impingement when he was squatting all the fucking time. You know, we'd do our, we'd do our um, general warm up, and we'd get into the squats and he'd do them. And I could see he was in a little bit of discomfort. Not so much that he had to stop, but at the end of the set, he would put the weight down. I'd be like, hey, how'd that feel? He's like, yeah, still getting that grabbing, that irritation on the front of the hip. So I got him to lay down. I got him to do some perfect clams. I got him to do some hip extensions. I got him to work on his glutes. So if you're getting that front of, uh, front of hip pain, okay, what, where are the muscles on the opposite? Glutes. So we worked on some hip extensions, some external rotation and abduction of the glutes. So basically all of the functions of the opposing muscle groups. And what did you know it? There was less irritation, there was less impingement. And then we started increasing the frequency of that. And wouldn't you know it, the hip impingement started to disappear. So below are some of the solutions, some of the remedies that I have used uh, for myself and also for the students that I've worked with to eliminate impingement. What I'm about to say may just be the thing that you need to get rid of your impingement, whether it's of the hips, whether it's of the shoulders, okay? So listen carefully. If you're not driving, uh, perhaps take notes. But these right here are some of the solutions that have worked for me and the students that I coach to eliminate impingement of the shoulder and or the hip. Shoulders, more lat work, a lot more lat work, okay? Uh, the shoulder needs to be centralized, as mentioned. So we also need shoulder extension, where we actually pull the arm behind the body. It would also incorporate doing some rear delt work. So maybe it's some type of face pull, maybe it's reverse flies, bringing those arms backwards. So instead of pressing all the time, work on bringing those arms backwards and strengthen the muscles on the rear. Sometimes it's a, it's a matter of postural awareness. If you come in and you've got a forward head posture and rounded shoulders and internally rotated arms, and you're not aware of it, and I say stand up tall, and you correct those things, fantastic. It's an awareness. 
you didn't know that you had poor posture. I brought it to your attention and you fixed it. And then the joints take care of themselves. They reposition into a more efficient and stronger pattern and the impingement goes away. And also the last thing is muscular endurance on those muscles you can't see. As humans, pretty much everything that we do on a day-to-day -day basis is forwards. Grab the phone, you lift it up, you have, your arm is in front of your face. You scroll, your hands are in front of you, you held, your head tilts forward. You're on the computer, your hands are placed in front of you. You reach up to a cupboard above your head. You're reaching overhead and also forwards. So everything that you do is front of body. So what did we talk about in the episode so far? The pain is front of shoulder. The muscles at the front, the chest, the front deltoid are super developed because everything's in front. You're pushing, lifting, carrying, typing, scrolling, texting. Everything's in front. Are you doing anything that pulls a load backwards? Rowing, face pulls, doing some kind of chin up or pull up, working the muscles you cannot see on the back. If the answer is no, you, my friend, might have a solution. When it comes to the hips, more glute work. If you have hip impingement, front of hip pain, I can't state this enough. More glute work, more glute work, and more fucking glute work. So there's a, there's a joke that I use at football, and um, it's basically this. I've got a sore knee, I've got a sore hip, uh, more glute work. It's a bit of tongue in cheek, but it's also true. You can't do enough fucking glute work, and you don't grow your glutes by sitting on them. Okay, uh, work on hip extension, bringing your leg backwards behind the body. Uh, also, hamstrings, hit your RDLs, do some kind of leg curl action. Uh, abdominal exercises, are you working on bracing? And also, managing pelvic positioning. If you stand like a duck, you know, it's duck butt, tail hanging out the back, the abs get long, the hip flexors get short, stand up tall, zip the abs up, and almost think of, imagine you have a tail, tuck the tail between your legs. That is called posterior pelvic tilt. All right? That brings your body and your spine into neutral, the best alignment that you can possibly be in. Okay? And again, the last thing is muscular endurance on those muscles you can't see. Stop just training the front, work on the muscles on the rear. So understand this guys, if you are somebody who does get front of shoulder or front of hip pain, you can get out of it. It sometimes requires a bit of trial and error. You might try something. So if it's, let's use the hip as the example. If you're getting hip impingement on a, a, on a knee raise, so if you're standing up, you just lift the knee up to about 90 degrees, do that a few times. Okay, yep, that grabs, that irritates, cool. That's your little test. It's just a simple hip flexion test. Test, do some of the exercises that I've mentioned and then retest. Did it improve? Was it the same? Did it get worse? Because we're looking for a baseline. We're looking for a way that you can reproduce an assessment of, is it improving? Is it getting better? Or is it getting worse? So you apply an application, you apply a drill, an exercise, retest.
That's a diagnostic tool to figure out which of these exercises are effective for you. So as I mentioned, for that one guy that I was coaching, perfect clams worked fantastically for him. So we know, all right, I'm getting a bit of hip impingement. Cool, go do some clams. Go do some uh, prone skydivers. Go do some work on hip extension, bringing the leg and the yeah, bringing the leg backwards behind the body without compensating, without your back arching, and see how that works. And sometimes, guys, it is as simple as this. If you get front of shoulder pain, if you get front of hip pain, sometimes it is actually as simple as getting your technique looked at. Having somebody with a coach's eye to actually watch you and say, hey, when you did this squat, your knees caved in or uh, this happened. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I just wanted to bring it to your awareness. And you might be like, holy shit, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Or if you're doing presses and you internally rotate and you protract at the shoulders and you've never had somebody pull you up on it, that might be all you need to get out of pain, to eliminate the impingement. Okay, at the bottom position, don't let the shoulders tip forward. Ah, okay, that felt better. Impingement gone, bang, just like that. So sometimes just getting a coaching session or having somebody look at your technique is all you need to actually get out of pain and move well. Just last week, I actually had somebody come in for some sessions with me and she had the following. She had all of these things. You ready? She had front of shoulder pain, lower back pain, front of hip pain, and knee pain. Not all at the same time, but all when doing specific exercises. Shoulder pain was when doing something like the bench press. Lower back pain when doing things like deadlift. Knee pain when doing things like squats and lunges. Solution? Better technique. Got rid of all of her, her got rid of all of her pain, all of those ailments and impingements. So with some direct coaching, tweaking her technique, and also educating her on the stuff that I'm telling you right now. We got rid of it. And this is somebody, bear in mind, she is very coachable. She wants to learn, she wants to understand this stuff. She got out of pain within an hour. And I don't know how many lunges and squats she's done dealing with and just kind of going through that pain. Same thing for presses. I don't know how many push-ups or chest presses or bench presses she's done. You know, just having that pain linger and just having to push through it. But when she understood this concept of joint centration, getting that ball as centralized in the socket as possible. And it does mean activating specific muscle groups. I didn't say anything about stretching. I'm saying changing body position, adjusting where the bone sits in the joint. Uh, yeah, we can start to eliminate some of these impingements, some of this pain. So uh, I'm not standing here saying that I'm a, a magician, okay? I'm not a magician with a wand. I just understand what the body is and what it isn't supposed to do. The remedy is pretty simple in, in my eyes. This is it, you ready? Get the body to stop doing what you don't want it to do and get it to start doing what you do want it to do.
If you do those things, voila, you will get the outcome that you're looking for. The muscles that should be working will work, and the muscles that shouldn't be working won't. Your body is very smart, it's very intelligent, but if you give it the wrong information or the wrong input, it's not going to do what you want. And it's gonna to have to find another solution. It's going to have to find an alternative. And more often than not, it's not the best option. It results in things like shoulder impingement, pain, and oftentimes injury because the body has no alternative other than to do something incorrectly just because that's its last resort. So I hope this landed. I hope this gives you, the listener, some direct and actionable information that you can put into practice immediately, whether you're doing your, your heavy bench presses, whether you're doing bodyweight pushups, whether you're doing bodyweight squats or really heavy barbell squats. And if not, more than likely, there's a gym goer, a friend of yours that has experienced one or two of these things. So if you do know that person, if there's someone that springs to mind, hey, Harold's been talking about his shoulder pain for quite a while now, send him this podcast and get him to listen to it. Because I've I've had my fair share of injuries over the years and um, you know my body is a bit of a, a science experiment. I, I try a lot of different things and I've just started doing some some extra training and using different implements to work on my deficiencies and the areas that I'm not strong at. And it's exciting, first and foremost. Um, second of all, uh, I'm pretty shit at them right now because they're brand new. But I'm sure that with practice, I will get better at them, just like any skill. And yeah, I'm gonna use them to work on my own shortcomings when it comes to shoulder mobility because I know mine isn't fantastic. It's not where I want it to be. Um, but it's given me some things to work on, which is exciting. So I hope, I sincerely hope that this information uh, has been useful for you and it's been worth your time listening. And I hope if you're getting any of this front of shoulder or front of hip pain, you can use the exercises and the strategies to get yourself out of pain because being in pain sucks. Uh, it's not fun. It limits what you can do and it severely diminishes the results you can get and the progress you can make. So I hope it does help guys. Uh, understand joint centration. You want that bone as centralized as you possibly can get it so it has space all around it, above it, below it, in front of it, behind it, to the left and to the right. Um, and yeah, give it some freedom so it's not getting smashed up going bone on bone or irritating something that it shouldn't. So there we go guys, that is joint centration to get rid of impingement. If you loved the wake up call, found it entertaining or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.